Moments of Encounter is a weekly live broadcast brought to you by Calvary Revival Labels through God's servant Chidebele Odeze. The teachings are focused on building the church and raising men that will do exploits in this end time. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvarywayonline.org or our Facebook and Telegram pages at Calvary Way Revival Labels. May you have a life-changing encounter as you listen. Jesus conquered the world and gave us victory. Victory, victory, hallelujah. Jesus conquered the world and gave us victory. I say, could have done it better than you do you did we are very grateful to you sir for conquering and conquering for us hallelujah you have made us not just a conqueror but more than conquerors thank you father the victory is permanent it is established we are working in it we are living in it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. If you are happy this evening to be in the moment of encounter, can I hear you shout hallelujah? We thank God for another time in his presence. Last week, we started looking at the dimensions of the power of faith beginning with the receiving power of faith and we are going to be looking at the overcoming power of faith today you know it is not just receiving from God that we activate our faith for there are battles that are facing every child of God orchestrated by Satan and his host. From the day one that anyone gives his life to Christ, he always set up battles fighting to take the person away from the faith 
in Christ Jesus. He uses all kinds of strategies and means to see if he will pull the believer away from following Christ, from his faith in Christ Jesus. But the hope that we have is that we can overcome him and all his strategies by faith. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 he said whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. Even our faith. So there are battles. Battles from the flesh. Battles from the world. Battles from Satan and his demons. Fighting against the believer. Trying to take him away from the pathway. We are going to be looking at how to overcome all of them. And be victorious. As God has ordained that we should be. A Christian is supposed to be victorious over sin, over the world system, and over Satan. A Christian, a believer is not supposed to be harassed by Satan, by demons, by principalities and powers. He's supposed to be walking in victory on daily basis, on hourly basis, on second by second basis. That is the portion. That is what God ordained for us. But there is a way unto it. And that's what we are going to be looking into this evening. In uh, Ephesians chapter, chapter 6, the apostle was writing to the Ephesians and was describing the need for every Christian to take to put on the whole armor of God. Started from verse 10. He said, My brethren, finally be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wise of the devil. Wise. He doesn't have only why. One why. He has wise devices. The Bible says we are not ignorant of the devices of the devil not device. All of these devices is against the believer. Verse 2 have said, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The apostles say we wrestle. We wrestle. You need to note that there is a battle. We are wrestling against, you know, principalities, against powers. We are wrestling against the rulers of the darkness of this world. We are wrestling against, these are hierarchical organizations of satanic kingdom. You know, and if you read what I said, you are not supposed to be afraid of all of that. All you just need to do is to take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able
those will stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins get about with truth. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Peter also, the Apostle Peter also have something to say on how the devil and his uh, Agents are fighting against the believer in First Peter chapter five, verse eight and verse nine. First Peter chapter five, verse eight and verse nine. Say, be sober, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Amen. The adversary, the devil, is going about, walking to and fro, as a roaring lion, looking for someone he may devour. But the good news is that we can resist him. We can stand against him steadfast in the faith. Using faith. There is an overcoming faith we can anchor on and resist him and he will flee. It was James chapter 4 verse 7 said resist the devil and what will happen please? He will flee. He will flee from you. When you stand on your faith and resist the devil he will flee from you but you must have that faith for you to be able to stand on it and uh, resist so this evening we will be paying uh, attention go back to that Ephesians chapter 6 we will be paying attention to that verse 16 that said above all taking the shield of faith Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Please look at that verse carefully. Above all, there are other, other, you know, armor that armors that we are supposed to put on. There is belt of truth. There is a breastplate of righteousness. Then. Shodding your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, then helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, then prayer. Now, but when he, he came to faith, he said, Above all, above all, that phrase, above all, is trying to emphasize. The very importance of the shield of faith. You know, this, this armor 
are the armor that a man that is going into battle must wear, must put on. A Christian is supposed to be in complete armor day and night at every point in time. That's what the apostle is talking about here. The other apostle Peter was also referring to the same thing. He said, be sober, be vigilant. Don't be careless. Don't be carried away. Don't begin to take things for granted. There is a battle that you are in at every point in time. Don't allow carelessness, laziness, or any kind of ness to begin to affect your vigilance. You being vigilant. Because you must be conscious of the fact that you are in a battle. You must put on the whole armor of God at every point in time. And if you look at this or every other armor, like belt of truth, ask me how do you put on belt of truth? Of course, you know it's not a physical uh, belt. They, you still put them on by faith. For you to put on belt of truth, it will still be by faith. For you to put on the helmet of salvation, it will still be by faith. For you to uh, take on the sword of the spirit and begin to use it to fight, it will still be by faith. So even every other armor is what? Is still depending on uh, faith. When it comes to battle, fighting, and overcoming, faith is central. What did I say now? I said when it comes to fighting and winning, overcoming, conquering, and being more than a conqueror, whatever battle, whatever the source, whether it is coming in the day or in the night, in the dream or in the physical, faith is central. If you don't have faith, you will be a victim. You will not be a victor. For you to be a victor, you know, conquering and being more than a conqueror, you must, everything must be by faith. And then when he wanted to talk about faith, he said faith is a shield. Faith is what? Is what? Is a shield. Now, before we begin to emphasize and talk more on the shield of faith, that as a, a, a an armor that as a soldier, as a soldier, I don't know whether you are seeing yourself as a soldier of Christ or are you seeing yourself as a civilian? Because the devil is not seeing you as a civilian. He is facing you with all kinds of strategies and all kinds of, you know, weapons, you know, to attack you. So if you are not a soldier, he is, the, the, the armies of Satan that are listed here, they say principalities, not just one principality. Powers, not just one power. Rulers, not one ruler. And then, um, spiritual wickedness in high places, not one not one high place. So there are so many of them that are facing you as a person. This one is not, you know, why the, the, the Bible was using the word resto, resto, is that in wrestling, it is one person that wrestles with another person. Are you getting it? Two persons cannot wrestle. Right, I mean, two persons say, we want to wrestle. I hope you know what wrestling is. Wrestling is, is not... Is a kind of fighting, but the, the the purpose of wrestling is 
for the opponent to fall down. That was why he kept on emphasizing stand. Eh? Having done all to stand. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Because somebody is wrestling you to pull you down. To, to cause you to fall. Fall away from the faith. So, in this particular wrestling, we are to be equipped, you know, with every armor. Particularly, the shield of faith. Now, look at what or the reason why we were specially advised to take up the shield of faith. He said, so that you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The wicked has fiery darts. Let me read it from NIV. New International Version. He said, in addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the, of the evil one. The evil one, Satan, has arrows. His arrows are not ordinary arrows. His arrows are flaming arrows. Arrows that carries fire. When he is about to release arrows, he is not an ordinary arrow. He is a fiery arrow. Flaming arrow. Arrows that are burning. Ready to destroy. Now, if you read it with Living Bible, Living Bible said, in every battle, you will need faith as your shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. The arrows are aimed at you in particular. At every point in time, there is an arrow, flaming arrow, that is aimed at you by Satan. At all times, I'm reading Good News Translation. At all times, carry faith as a shield. Carry faith as a shield. For with it, you will be able to put out all the burning arrows shot by the evil one. With faith and by faith, you will be able to do what? Put out all the burning arrows that are shot by the evil one. So the first thing I want us to consider is what are these arrows that are flaming, that are burning, that are fiery, that, that the devil, you know, they are, he is always aiming it at you and at me. Trying to shoot it so that, shoot it so that by the reason of the arrow, he will be able to bring you down. What are those arrows? Number one, arrows of temptation. Flaming arrows of temptation. You know, the devil, when God in the book of Job asked him, From whence did you come? The Bible said, When the children of God gathered, he also came. Whence did you come? He said, I came from going where? 
to and fro on the earth. That is a lie. Of course, God knows that he has said half truth. And, and you know half truth is a lie. It was only in First Peter chapter 5 verse 8 we came to understand what he's going to and fro to do. He didn't tell God, I'm going to and fro to devour whoever I can see. It was Peter that revealed it. I don't know whether you're getting me. He doesn't have any other job. He doesn't have any other handwork. His work is to tempt men and make sure that by his temptation, he brings them into sin. What the devil does by temptation is to lead men by temptation into sin. He also deceives. We are coming to that. But I want you to see something about the temptation that comes from the devil in James chapter 1. Look at James chapter 1, verse 12 to verse 16. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempty any man. Is that clear? Verse 13 made it clear that there is no temptation that comes from God. That is to say, every temptation comes from who? From Satan. He's a chief tempter. Verse 14 says, But every man is tempted by Satan. I'm adding that because that is true. When he is thrown away of his own lust and enticed. I don't know whether you are seeing something there. When the tempter comes to a man, the first thing he does before he shot his arrow, because the arrow is aimed at, at destruct, destroying the man, the first thing he looks at is to discover the lust, the desire that is in that man. Verse 14 says, Every man is tempted by Satan. When he is thrown away by his own lust and he is enticed, then when that lust has conceived, it will bring forth what? Sin. And sin, when it is finished, it will bring forth what? Death. When the devil wanted to tempt Jesus after his 40 days fasting and prayer, the first thing he, he, he did was to look at what is the desire that Jesus can have now. A man that just finished 40 days praying and fasting, the greatest desire that his body can be desiring for is what? His food. That was why the first arrow he shot at him was what? The arrow of converting these stones to become bread so that you will eat. Can't you see that you are hungry? Is it not clear that you need to eat? He began to tempt him according to that desire inside his body. Anytime the devil wants to shoot an arrow of temptation to you as a Christian, 
in order to lure you into sin. The first thing he does is to discover a desire. A passion. It doesn't matter, you know, how, whether the desire just came in. That's why, you know, the Bible said in Proverbs 4 verse 23, he said, guard your heart with what? With all diligence. In, uh, for out of it commit all the issues of life. What that means is that this lust, these desires, these things that the devil is putting out that becomes the object of his temptation, you know, they normally enter in when you open the door of your heart to them to come into your heart. And then when they come, the desire will begin to come up. Before you know it, he will shoot that arrow. You know, when... Uh, Paul was talking to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6. In verse 10, verse 10 he said, For the love of money is the root of all evil. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Which why some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. If the devil discover that there is a love of money inside of your life, you may be speaking in tongues. You may be doing great things in the name of the Lord. But there is this desire, you know, for money that is seated inside of you. The truth is that when he's going to shoot his arrow of temptation, this flaming arrow is going to get you. If you look at before that verse, verse nine, verse 8 and 9, he said, Okay, verse, verse 6 says, Godliness with contentment is a great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and remnant, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Those that want to be rich, eh? Those that want to be rich, what happens to them? They fall into temptation, into a snare. There is this quiet desire, and you know, it's not as if you know being rich is a sin. No, it's not a sin. If you want to be rich, just for the sake of advancing the kingdom of God, you know, Jesus gave a parable of a man that. You know, his uh, ground that was in Luke chapter um, Luke chapter twelve. His ground brought forth plentifully, and he said, "I'm going to pull down my barn. I will build a, a bigger one." And then he now said, "When he finished, he now said, I will say to my soul, it is time for you to eat, eh? because you have so many relax, you have so many goods that are stored up for you for many years." And he said, "God said to him that night, your soul is required from me." Then how did he conclude that? He said, so shall he be unto the man who, you know, is, he, he, he has acquired so many things for himself in this world, but is not rich towards God. Is not rich towards God. That is, you, you have gathered things for yourself on the earth, but you are not rich towards God. It is not for the advancement of God's kingdom or for his cause. So what this place is telling us is that any of such desire that the devil spots inside of you, that will become the object of his temptation. 
desire for fame. You want to be popular, you want to be known, you want to be seen. Once he spot it out, you know, these things are silent and quiet. They are not seen. You know, they are there. Pride. You know, selfishness. They are within. These are things that the devil will see inside a man and then will shoot his arrow. Look at First Peter chapter 2 verse 11. First Peter chapter 2 verse 11 said, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against your soul. Abstain from fleshly lust, which war against your soul. What temptation the devil is trying to do is to, you know, walk around your lust, the lust that is going on in your flesh. So that he will, through it, bring you down into sin. He normally takes advantage of the flesh, the old sinful nature. In fact, when you read Galatians chapter 5, verse, you know, from verse 16, he says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Verse 17, he says, for the flesh is, you know, warring against the spirit and the spirit is warring against the flesh. There is something in the flesh, fleshly lost, that are warring against your soul. These are the lost that the devil capitalized on. And that is even what the Bible was referring to. He said in First John chapter 5 verse, verse 15, he said, do not love the word or the things that are in the world. In verse 16, he said, for all that are in the world are what? The lost of the flesh. The lost of the eyes. And the what? The pride of life. These are the things the devil will spot out when he wants to shoot the flaming dart of temptation. And the truth is that once that is shot and these things are inside of you, you cannot, there's nothing you can, can you, you cannot help it. That's how, and you know, how many, many, many believers kept on falling into sin again and again because one lost or the other is inside of their life. That's how you see brothers and sisters born again, but they are still, you know, struggling with, you know, one sin. You see somebody say, I have fallen again. What have you fallen again? I have watched pornography again. I have committed masturbation, masturbation again. Why? Because there is a loss that began to creep in. Maybe you see yourself allowing the, this loss building up inside of you when you begin to expose your eyes and your ears to the things of the world that you're not supposed to expose your eyes and your ears. And they will come in. Before you know it, you see yourself falling into it again and again. So that's on, on the flaming arrows of temptation. You remember how Joseph was tempted. Tempted, you know, the day the, the woman decided to, you know, become violent about it. You know, Joseph was not aware that it is going to happen. But the only thing that saved Joseph that day was that there is no desire. There is no lust inside of him for immorality. You know, some of you that you have this kind of lust in you. Something is, you notice that there is a secret desire for, 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 for sex, for immorality inside of you. The devil is aware. He's seeing it. You notice that even though you are born again, you are speaking in tongues. But, you know, you are not even sure of yourself. 
that if the, de- if the devil happens to, to arrange this that in a, a, a corner with an opposite sex at any point in time that you are going to survive it what will make you what will make a man to survive temptation and overcome it at the point of this kind of arrow is that there is no lust there is no desire that you have in that respect your desire is for God that was why you know Joseph said to the woman woman is not possible because my desire my hunger is to please him the devil knew that Jesus came into this world to you know rule over the world to take over the world to take over the kingdoms of the world he knew that was why he offered it to him he said if only you can you know fall down and worship me it will be yours on a platter of gold Jesus actually came into this world for that purpose so that desire is inside of him so he has to tempt him with that but Jesus knew that even though I want to I, I came to, to rule I came to you know recover what Adam lost in the hand of Satan from him but it's not going to be true this way his desire is to keep on walking with God and worshipping God and not to fall down to any devil Amen so this flaming arrow is real it is going on every time every moment and you see, when you hear the, the story of how Christians, how believers fall into one temptation or the other, how they fail to overcome sin, how they fail to overcome temptations that lead to sin, you will notice that they are not really standing with the shield of faith. We are going to be seeing how to practically take up the shield of faith and overcome every form of temptation that comes from the devil. Another arrow that the devil shoots at the believer is the arrow of persecution. The flaming dart of persecution. This one, he doesn't do this one directly. Temptation, he comes to you directly. And he also comes indirectly to using a man. Eh? But persecution, what he does is to create a system and cause men to adopt and accept that system. And then, by the time, you know, you now say, I'm not going to follow this system that the devil has orchestrated because it is contrary to the will of God, then the men that are following the system will turn against you. That's persecution. And Jesus Christ spoke voluminously to the disciples about the persecutions and the hatred they are going to be facing from the world. In Matthew 10 verse 22, Jesus said to the disciples, you shall be hated by all men for my sake. You shall be hated by all men. I don't know whether you have read that scripture before. I think you need to open to that verse. There are several scriptures that spoke about that. These are the things that you must arm yourself, you know, before this arrow will come. Otherwise, you will see yourself falling. Matthew chapter 10 verse 22. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Excuse me, how many men will hate you for the sake of Jesus' name? How many men? All men. (laughs) For those of you that 
are looking for favor from all men and you are you still want to be identified with Christ I tell you that a time will come when all men all your classmates all your colleagues in that market that are in the same line of shop with you they will all hate you why? because they will do a meeting and say this is the way we want to go about this particular business and you will say excuse me according to my faith in Christ Jesus I cannot follow in this all men in your family that are your family members one day they will hate you why and how you may rise up and say this is the will of God that God wants me to do and they will say no you are not going to do it that way and you say no I'm, I, I am going to do the will of God you will see all men in your family they will turn against you you are not the first I remember one, one uh, pastor sharing with me some time ago how his uh, sister married before and he and the husband she and the husband they divorced and then again the woman said she want to remarry again and they called for a family meeting that somebody is coming for the hand of our sister in marriage and the, this brother this pastor he raised up his hand in that meeting and said excuse me this is not according to the word of God my sister you need to go and reconcile with your husband to get married to another uh, man is fornication according to the bible thou shall not do it you can imagine what happened to him in that meeting everybody turned against him in fact as of the time he was sharing that with me he told me that none of them is talking to him now why and how because he is insisting that he want to follow the word of god he want to follow christ you shall be hated by all men all men in your family all men in your class one day will come in your class they will say eh, please we need to appreciate this lecturer because you know you know you know his his, his car needed fueling and you know they are saying that because after the quiz and after the exam they notice that they will they will fail the exam and they say let us appreciate the man before the result and then you will raise up your hand and say, excuse me, my fellow classmates, this is what, you know, English language called bribery and corruption. You know, when you say that kind of thing, you know that everybody in that class that are of the world, they will do what? They will hate you. This, that is when you expect that arrow to come. The devil will begin to shoot this arrow, you know, at particular junctions of your life some of you when you are about to get married that's when you are going to see the arrow coming forth because you are going to see several kind of things rising up some of you during you know we have seen things in barriers we are you know the traditional people they will say this is the way we are doing it this is our custom and we say please we don't follow custom we follow the word of God and come and see fight come and see you know opposition come and see persecution in Matthew 24 in Matthew 24, verse 9, Jesus repeated the same thing. He said, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. They shall deliver you up to be afflicted. And they shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. How many nations will hate you? How many nations will hate you? All nations will hate you for the sake of the name of the Lord. In John 15, verse 18, 
Jesus also spoke about this persecution arrow. In verse 18, he said, If the world hates you, the world is anybody who is not following the word of God. It may be your close relations. It may be your colleagues, your classmates. It may be people you are meeting in the community or anywhere. Those that are not following the word of God, they are going to hate you. You know that it hated me before it hated you, says Jesus. Now in verse 19, he said, The reason why the world will hate you is because you are not of the world. He said, If you were of the world, the world would have loved its own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So you are you are you must be ready to face battles with the world. I mean, when Jesus is talking about he's talking about men, some of them may even be born again, in quotes, but they don't want to follow the word of God. And you you want to be a true Christian, and you will see them rising up to persecute you. They can be religious, they can even be religious leaders. It was religious leaders that, that conspired and killed Jesus and persecuted the early, early uh, disciples. You, we saw it in the scriptures. Why and how? They don't want to follow the word of God. They don't want to follow what God... 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 12 made it clear that anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus must be persecuted. The devil has designed a system, a standard, a custom in every area and aspect of life to shoot arrow onto anyone arrow of persecution unto anyone who have decided I am not going to bow. In Hebrew chapter 11 verse 35b, Hebrew chapter 11 verse 35b we saw a list again of those who, you know, passed through this, you know, persecution arrows of the enemy, but they came out victoriously. Hebrew 11 35b say and others we are tortured not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trials, trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sown asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. They wandered in deserts. They wandered in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. I read about Roland Teller in 1555 when the Bloody Mary, you know, we are burning people, killing people that are standing for Christ. That five days before his death, he wrote a letter, you know, and for his wife and for his children. They have already determined that in the next five days, they are going to Born him. What they do in those days is, do you believe in Christ? Are you still believing? Are you still standing for Jesus? They will put you at the stake and put fuel on you and put fire, and the person will be burnt alive. Some of them, when they are, get, are getting burnt, as just like Stephen, these are men that the devil shot arrows of persecution at, and they overcame. There is a secret behind their overcoming. We are going to see it shortly. But the arrows of you know persecutions, they are real. The devil, let me tell you, if you are not suffering persecution at all, if you are not suffering persecution at all, you are not a true believer. Simple and short. You are compromising your faith somewhere. Go and shake your life. 
if everybody is liking you nobody hated you for the sake of Christ nobody is persecuting you nobody is mocking you maybe you are dressing like the world maybe your way of life is like their way of life the way you are speaking is the way they are speaking once there is a difference between you and the world the next thing that will happen is persecution is a law you cannot run away from it so the devil orchestrated that arrow and you know the, the, the good news for us is that we have a weapon to overcome and that is faith we will overcome by faith in the name of Jesus Christ there is also of course Jesus promised in John 16 verse 33 he said in the world you are going to have a tribulation in the world you are going to have what? tribulation so just know that they are going to the world is going to raise tribulation against you and I there is a particular in the letters that he was writing to the churches in Revelation chapter 2 the church in Samina Revelation chapter 2 verse 8 to 10 he said and unto the angel of the church in Samina write this thing says the first and the last which was dead and is alive I know thy works and tribulation and poverty but thou art rich and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not but are the synagogue of Satan look at verse 10 fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer behold the devil shall cast some of you into prison the devil shall cast some of you into prison how is he going to do that through men I hope you know that he will not appear and say I am the devil I'm casting no he will use men to shoot that arrow of imprisonment to some of you and you know when Jesus is saying he's not asking you to start praying that it will not happen I hope you know he's just telling you that this is going to happen so prepare don't say oh Lord please don't let the devil do this don't waste your time he, he said he will allow the devil to do what to cast some of you into prison if he allowed the devil to kill Jesus is he casting you into prison that he will not allow that you may be tried and that and you shall have tribulation 10 days be thou faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life be thou what faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life may God help us in Jesus name another arrow that the devil normally shot at believers is the arrows of discouragement and despair arrows of what discouragement and despair he will just come to you and say to you look at you for, for years you say you are serving God you served God when you are in secondary school you are the president of your secondary school fellowship you serve God when you are in the university you are the president of your fellowship you are in the executive even as a youth a youth, a, a youth copper you served God in the executive now that you have graduated five years after graduation look at your life I don't know whether you are you getting me this kind of arrow is the most deadly and it will come to you at a particular junction Elijah just finished you know doing great exploits 
in First Kings chapter eighteen. He has, you know, but he said by my word in, in chapter seventeen, there shall be no rain, there shall be no nothing, and it happened. And then he came back and killed all the prophets of Baal after he he called down fire, great exploit. Now the next thing was the threat from Jezebel. Jezebel just said, you know, the God do so to me, and more also, if by this time your head will not uh, remain on your head. The Bible says when Elijah heard that, he went for his life. And the next thing he, he said is, oh God, I am tired of this life. In fact, I'm not better than my father's. Just take my life away. This is the arrow that has, you know, caused some people to backslide from the faith. For some people, they have committed suicide. It's one of the most deadliest arrows of the devil. He will just begin to bring the situation of your life and say, look at you, how many years have you followed God? If God, if God really loves you, why will he allow this thing to happen? Eh? He will begin to try to reason with you that, see, you just better leave this faith. Okay, you, 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 you say you are following, you are following Christ. You are a disciple. Your mates, all of them have gotten married. And that is a lie. I hope you know it's a lie. Because if you search throughout the world, all your mates have not gotten married. But he will tell you, can you see this one? I invited you to the uh, child education the other day. The other person you are the uh, chief bridesmaid. The other person, what is happening to your own marriage? And at such time, if you are not careful, you will lose your joy. The first thing that will happen is that the joy that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit will be lost. Then from losing your joy, you enter into discouragement. Eh? From discouragement, you now enter into the despair. Despair is a state where you don't have any hope at all. All your hope is gone, is lost. And the next thing that happens to believers, when this arrow is shot, is backsliding. And from backsliding to suicide. Is a terrible arrow. Another arrow he shot is arrow of doubt. Arrow of doubt and fear. He tries to make you to doubt the word of God. Are you sure of your salvation? This thing you say you are saved, you are saved. Are you sure you are still saved? He came to Eve in Genesis chapter 3. He said, did God really say? Is it true that God really said that you should not eat this food? He's trying to engage you into a discussion. Are you sure that this thing they are saying by his stripes, I am here? Are you sure that that means, are you sure? Did God really meant it like that? He will begin to create an, an atmosphere around your situation, around the condition that you are passing through that particular moment to begin to make you to doubt the word of God. And then the next thing that will happen is you will just become afraid of the situation. And be, as a result of that, you are already out of the, of the race. 
arrows of accusation. The Bible called him the accuser of the brethren. Eh? In Genesis, in Revelation chapter 12, you know, in the world that happened in heaven, when he was cast down to the earth, the Bible says, when he was cast down to the earth, the brethren in heaven began to rejoice and say, hey, thank God that the accuser of our brethren that accuses accuses them day and night before God has been cast down. Accuses day and night. He doesn't only accuse before God. He also accuses in your mind. He is one that will introduce a dirty thought in your heart. I don't know whether it has happened to you. You are not thinking any any evil thought in your heart. You are not. You didn't watch any pornography. You didn't watch any video. You just wanted to do your quiet time. Suddenly, a one dangerous evil thought just enter your heart and is trying to take a place and take position. I don't know whether something like that has happened. And then the next thing that will happen is the same devil that shot the arrow will come and say, "Can you imagine a Christian like you thinking like this?" Eh? You say you are, you are, you are, you are, you are a, a believer. Look at the kind of thought that is going on in your heart. He will begin to accuse you. He is the one that shot the arrow of evil thought into your heart. And as you, 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 you fall into that temptation of thinking it, then he will come back and begin to accuse you that a Christian is not supposed to think like this. That's an accuser of the brethren. This work of accusation will also, also extend to the point that even when you have confessed and say, Oh God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. He will still want to accuse you that you are not forgiven. Eh? Can you imagine that this kind of sin that you committed, you, you just need to fast and pray seven days before God will even think of you know, considering forgiving you. He will try to make you to forget and to you know, despise the word of God that said that if if we confess our sin, that he is what? Faithful and just to forgive. So he will not allow you to, to believe that word again. And sometimes when the devil gains a ground of accusation in, in a man's heart, he's very serious. You will not have seen several believers, they will come like this and say, ah, that I am I am feeling condemnation in my in my heart. I'm feeling condemned. And then you try to encourage the person. The person will tell you that after encouraging, yeah, I'm still feeling condemned. So we be under that state for days. You know, because the devil has gained some level of ground in their heart. He is accusing them day and night. When they are sleeping, he's accusing them. And I can let me also say that this arrow can also come in the dream. Sometimes it will shut. That's why the Bible says. He is accusing day and night. He is walking day and night. Even when men, when men are sleeping, he is looking for a way to shoot arrow. I don't know whether you have noticed sometimes, you notice that maybe you, you wake up to do your quiet time, you notice there is no desire in your heart for anything. It's just, it looks as if, you know, every desire for, for, for God and for the things of God left your heart. It may be that while you are sleeping, an arrow was shot. But I will tell you how to, you know, and you have to be very, very careful the way you handle, especially the arrows that he shot in the in the dream. By faith, the Bible says we quench all the what? All the fiery that of the enemy. The devil can also shot an arrow of sickness. Arrow of sickness. Sickness can be an arrow. 
I'm not talking about maybe somebody, there are sickness that comes as a result of maybe you stress yourself so much. You know, that is a malaria that can come to you as a result of, you know, um, mosquito biting the person. That's for those that believe that anyway. Me, I don't believe that if mosquito bites me that I can be sick. I don't believe that. Why I don't believe that is that I believe that by stress I'm healed. So my own is settling. But I'm, I'm telling you the normal thing that happens to people. That is, uh, somebody will tell you, ah, I am, I am having malaria. The next thing they will ask you is, did you, did mosquito bite you? Is a normal, natural cause of malaria. And then sometimes somebody can stress himself, these are natural causes. But there is this one that doesn't come by natural causes. Is an arrow. One of, one, one, one young man, I called him one day and I was trying to ask him to do something for me. He said, ah, sir, I can, I don't have time. I cannot do that. I said, what is happening? He said, my mother, my mother was my mother, let me say, was sick. What is the cause of the sickness? The sickness, he said, she just noticed that her body began to swell. Everywhere we are swelling. And all of that. And he said, you know, they went to all kinds of hospitals. They take, they did tests and all of that. They said, they cannot find anything. And then, they now the medical people say, please, we have finished our own. You know, you people should know, if you pray, you go and pray and all of that. And they now remembered prayer. You know, we have talk, spoken about people remembering prayer last. They now remember to go and pray. So where they went to pray, he was telling me the story. He said, the person said that this is a poison, a food poison that was given to her in the dream. And, you know, they were now praying and all of that. I said that there's nothing that can stop, handle this apart from prayer. These kind of things are happening arrows that are coming directly. Not as a result of anything. I've, you know, the devil can shut it just to, to, to cause the person to fall. Arrow of sickness is one arrow he can shoot. There is also arrow of weakness. Arrow of weakness. You just maybe you, at the time you needed to pray, you are supposed to pray. It looks as if there is no strength remaining in you at all. You are supposed to do your quiet time. Or you are supposed to pray. You notice that there is no strength in you at all. And you find out, is it that I, I overworked myself yesterday or not? You didn't overwork yourself. Where did is this uh, yeah, uh, um, weakness coming from? You cannot trace it to anything. It's an arrow. Sometimes it may be, it will come, weakness can come with sleep. You notice that you want to, you want to read Bible. Sleep from nowhere. You have slept well. But you see sleep coming to your eyes. Closing your eyes. Sometimes it's so heavy that even when you open your eyes, it will close it. As if there's something physical closing the thing. And then as you, you open your eyes again, you say, hey, what is happening? I cannot sleep. And you say, let me read. It will close it again. This is an arrow coming from the devil aiming at something. He wants to achieve something. There is a way to quench all the fiery darts of the devil that is shooting at you. And that is the way of faith. Please go back to that uh, Ephesians chapter 6 where we met the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16. He said, above all 
taking the shield of faith. Taking the shield of faith. Roman soldiers, you know, in the time Paul was writing this, when he was saying shield, he was actually describing the, the way Roman soldiers are dressed up. The way they dress when they are fighting. There is a belt. There is a helmet. There is a breastplate. These are, you know, the description of Roman soldiers. So, this particular weapon, um, weapon or armor called shield, they have two, two types of shield. The smaller shield is the one that is, you know, you can put in your in, in one of your arms. And then, whether you are doing left hand or right hand, you just put it in the hand, with which you can, if, if, if it is a close combat, a close war, you know, you can use it to be shielding against any kind of sword that is coming from the the opponents. So that one is one kind of shield. There is another kind of shield. That one they, they say is four feet high and two and a half feet wide. Four feet high and two and a half feet wide. That one is the one you will place it in your front. Is, they say it's made of wood. Then they cover it with leather and then they join it with iron. That one is you can you, it can be carried, but you know you put it in your front. It's big enough to cover you, cover your face, cover you all through. So the Roman soldiers, when they are facing the the, the, the um, opposing army, every soldier will be with his this shield. And then they will be moving towards, advancing towards the enemy with a shield. This particular kind of shield. As they are advancing, they are, they are attacking. Now, the enemy will be shooting, on, shooting them, but every arrow that is coming from the enemy will be landing on the shield. And that was the, the particular shield the apostle had in mind when he was talking about taking the what? The shield of faith. He was referring to this particular bigger one that covers you is in your front you are hiding under that shield are you getting that so that any arrow that the enemy is shooting against you is landing on that arrow and is being quenched that is the shield of faith now the next thing i want you to take note on taking up um i think it was niv that says in addition to this, take up the shield of faith. And then King James says, taking, taking the shield of faith. I want you to notice that there is, is an, is an active, is an active something. You don't just relax. The shield of faith has to be taken up. I don't know whether you're getting what I'm saying. What we are saying is that as a believer, it is not automatic that you know you are shielded. It's not you don't, you don't say because I have believed in Christ, I am shielded. Any arrow that comes to me will not get at me. No. You must take up at every point in time, your arrow must be what? Your, your shield must be taken up. Taking up the shield of faith. You must act, you must actively. You know, take up faith as a shield. 
in order to overcome whatsoever the arrow, the kind, any kind of arrow that the enemy or the devil is shooting at you. It's an active something. Now, how do we practically take up the shield of faith? Of course, you should note that taking up the shield of faith is actively trusting in God. Actively trusting in the word of God. Applying the, 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 the trust you have in God and in his word to the particular situation or the problem that the enemy has shot at you at that particular point in time. What are the practical ways of taking up this shield? Number one, the first practical way of taking up the shield of faith is looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. The kind of battle we are fighting now. We are not, I don't know, I don't know whether you understand that we ourselves, we have, we have no capacity to fight the devil. We have no capacity to, you know, overcome the devil. If not for what Christ has done. If not for the victory of Christ. In fact, it is actually the victory of Christ that is orchestrating our own victory. It's like the battle between the uh, children of Israel and the, um, the Philistines. Eh? Where one David conquered one Goliath. And everybody in the camp of Israel became a victor. They didn't fight any battle. Somebody fought the battle. And as a result of the person's victory in the battle, they became victorious. Are you getting it? So if the basis of their victory against the Philistines is the victory of David against Goliath, the basis of our victory against Satan you must take note of this at the fundamental, at the background, you know, level of your heart. That our faith is anchored on the victory of Christ. That was why he said to the disciples, in the world you are going to have um, tribulation, but be ye of good share, because I have what? I have overcome the world. In other words, because I have overcome the world, you will surely what? Overcome. Your victory over the world is based on my own victory over, over the world. So, our eyes must be fixed on him. It is when you are looking up to him, not on your own strength, that you will know that you can have faith. Even if they say they are going to kill you believing in Christ. You will notice that because your eyes is fixed on him, you just remembered how he, he suffered and died the cruel death in the hand of those who persecuted and killed him, you will be standing. Are you getting me? The men that suffered and died for Christ, men like Stephen, men like, you know, this man we talked about now, and so many of them, there are so many of them in the contemporary. Some of them were beheaded. Some of them were, it's not just scriptural. It is that kind of, you know, hope, I mean, faith, in Christ, looking up to, unto Christ, not on you. You know, you know there, are, there is this kind of thing that we normally say, or people normally say. Somebody will say, uh, 
you know, my faith has not reached the level of your own faith. I don't know whether you have, you have heard that kind of thing. You know, you people are the people that, not, that have faith now. Me, uh, we, we are still coming up. My faith has not reached your own faith. Now, when you are saying that kind of thing, you are causing confusion for yourself. Because you are trying to, you know, take faith out from God. And make faith the object of itself. Faith is not, is not standing alone. If you think that I have greater faith than your faith, do you know how to have the same kind of faith that I have? You don't need to look at faith. Look at the object of my faith. What is the object of my faith? Where is my faith anchored on? My faith is anchored on God. My faith is anchored on Christ. First John chapter 4 verse 4 said, Little children, you have overcome them because he that is in you is what? Is greater than he that is in the world. That's where my is not. I, I, I didn't have that kind of faith because I am a superman. I have that faith because I have decided to anchor my faith on the word of God. When you, no matter how weak and how little you think your faith is, anchor your own faith, that thing you, you are calling little, on the same word, on the same Jesus, on the same God, you will notice that you will pass through that situation and overcome. Is somebody getting what I'm talking about? That's the problem we normally have. You think, ah, prochiti, you, you, your own faith is powerful, your own faith is super. You say, ah, for how many years now, 20 years now, you have not been sick and all of that. That's powerful. And then you, you, you think that it, I'm a superman. I'm not a superman. I'm not, I don't have a super faith. What, I, what happened is that I anchored my faith on the word of God. If you forget about because sometimes when you are in that kind of, uh, maybe let's say an arrow of, of sickness is shot at you now. And then you, you, you are trying to say by his Christ I'm healed this cannot be and all of that and then something will be telling you I hope you know that you have, your faith has not reached Prochi this school eh? you know you have not so when you try the much you can try you know what to do so that you will not, you will not die that's the problem where, did, where is Prochi's faith anchored on did he anchor his faith on himself he's nothing by himself is not on himself. His faith is anchored on God. His faith is anchored on the word of God. Are you getting that? So when you anchor your own faith on, on Jesus, who is the word of God, that's the victory. The victory is looking unto Jesus. That's where the victory comes. That's how you quench the, the fiery darts of the devil. Once your eyes is off him, you know, when you read Revelation chapter 12, verse 1, 2, 3, 4, in verse 3, he said that he was describing Satan. He said, There is a wonder that appeared in heaven. The first wonder was a woman that wanted to give birth, covered with sun, and the, the moon was his, under his feet. The second wonder was, you know, a dragon that has seven heads and um, ten horns. Seven heads. How many heads do you have? And you are to face somebody that has seven heads. It can't be by our own wisdom. Because his wisdom with seven heads is more than your own. 
it must be by looking on to Jesus. Because when you read further in chapter 19 of the same revelation, you will notice that the same dragon was conquered by what? By the word of God. He said, he that was riding on the white horse, whose name is the word of God, he conquered that same. So, no matter how complicated the devil and his arrows seems to be, by the simple word of God, you will prevail. If you will only, you know, anchor your faith, looking on to Jesus, who has gone before. That was why we sang that hymn. Eh? Looking on to Jesus, who is gone before. So, it is why you keep looking on his victory. Keep seeing how he conquered. That your own faith will remain alive. For you to continue to conquer and continue to conquer. So, it is looking unto him. Number two, there you must also steal the same word of God, but this time around, you must be specific. A thorough knowledge and timely application of the finished works of Christ. As it relates to the flesh, as it relates to the world system, and as it, it relates to Satan. I repeat, a thorough knowledge and timely application of the finished works of Christ as it relates to the flesh. You see, in Galatians chapter 5, where the Bible was talking about the flesh is warring against the spirit. Let me show you something quickly there so that you can understand what we are talking about. Galatians chapter 5, look at verse 17. For the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to the one, one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. Now, he now said in verse 19, the works of the flesh are manifest which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred and so on. Guys, what he's trying to present there is that when flesh is in control, when the old man, the sinful nature, is, you know, in control, that sin is the result. And how that happens is, when the temptation of the devil comes, you know, locating the particular lust of the flesh that is active in that, in, in, in that person's life at that point, the result, if there is no shield, the result is sin. But look at the finished work of Christ. In the same Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. I want us to read it together. One, two, go. And they that are Christ have what? Crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. I don't have time to start pointing out several other scriptures like Colossians chapter... Okay, go to that Colossians because we are going to see some other works of Christ there. So... Colossians chapter 4 verse chapter 3 verse 3 is also said for you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. This is what Christ has already accomplished. Even though the flesh the flesh is still there but there is a, a work that Christ has carried out on the flesh at the cross. The Bible says those that belong to Christ, they have 
crucified the flesh with his desires and lost. It's not only the flesh that was crucified. It's also the desires and the lust of the flesh that were crucified. So this knowledge that you are you are crucified with him. You know, Romans chapter 6 verse 6 says, knowing this, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. That the body of sin will be destroyed and that we will no longer be slaves to sin. So that knowledge and timely application of it, that is what we mean by timely application is at the very point in time the arrow of temptation is shot at you. That knowledge must come and be applied at that time. If you forgot it at that moment, if that knowledge is not steady, is not there, definitely that arrow will get at you and you will not be able to overcome. What about the word? Of course, we have seen where Jesus said, in John 16, 33, I have overcome the world. But something, uh, uh, Paul also says something very beautiful. In um, Galatians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, he said, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. By the cross, the world is crucified unto me. And I, I am crucified to the world. This knowledge of what Christ did to the world on the cross is also very, very necessary. If you read it from Living Bible, Living Bible says, By the world, by, by the cross, my interest in all the attractive things of this world are killed long ago. And the word interest in me are killed long ago. That is, the death of Christ on the cross did not only finish the old man, he also finished the world and the world system. As far as I am concerned, I am dead to the worldly dressing. The music of the world, their language, their entertainment, their way of dressing, their way of marriage, their way of burial cannot touch me because. I am dead. A dead man is not touched. He's not affected by what is going on around him. This knowledge and his timely application at every point in time will shield you from the arrow. Because number one, because you know that you are dead to the world and you are really dead to the world, you, you refuse to compromise. You refuse to compromise your faith following the world pattern. And when the persecution will come as a result of your standing, you are not afraid because you know why you are standing and where you are standing. You are standing on the cross. By the reason of the cross, you became dead and crucified to the world. And as a result of that crucifixion to the world and the world crucifixion to you, you are not shaking. Now, what about the finished work of Christ as it's related to Satan? I want you to see Colossians chapter 2 verse verse 15. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. What did he say? 
He said, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a public show of them, triumphing over them in it. I wish I can read it from other versions of the Bible so that you will get it better. Let me read it first of all with um, NIV. Colossians chapter 2 verse uh, 15. Colossians 2 15. Okay. And having disarmed the, the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. You need to settle this knowledge in your heart. Eh? Having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Triumphing over them by the cross. What does it mean to disarm? What does it mean to disarm? Somebody that has arm, every arm has is no longer is <laughs> no longer dangerous. You know when somebody is carrying gun. Eh? That's when the person is dangerous. But when God and every arm has been removed from him, he becomes an ordinary person. That's what Jesus did, you know, against Satan when he went to the cross. The Bible says he disarmed principalities and powers, he removed all their powers from them. He removed everything they are using to fight and to walk against the believer from them by the reason of the cross. He disarmed them. The devil doesn't like this verse. The verse that Satan hates most in the Bible is Colossians 2 verse 15. So anytime I want to pray spiritual warfare prayer, I normally start from there. I say, Satan, let me quote for you the verse you don't like to hear. Colossians 2 15. That Christ has disarmed you. You don't have any power again. He has disarmed principalities and powers. This knowledge has to be settled and must be applied at every point in time. In fact, I guess that Jeremiah prophesied the same thing in Jeremiah 46 before it happened. You need to know this verse. It's one of the, my favorite verses in the scripture. The devil also doesn't like that verse. Jeremiah chapter 46 verse um, 17 is an old Old Testament version of um, Colossians 2.15. You need to know it. What did he say? They did cry there. Pharaoh that is a type of Satan now. Pharaoh the king of Egypt is, be, is but a noise. He has passed their time appointed. I want to hear it from some versions. Pharaoh the king of Egypt is what? Is but a noise. Eh? Just remove Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, there and put Satan there. Which version is this one? Living Bible. Verse 17. 
<laughs> rename Pharaoh. <laughs> rename Pharaoh Ophrah and get, call him the man with no power but with plenty of noise. That is exactly what Satan was turned to become by the cross. Jesus disarmed him of every power. All he's doing now is roaring like a lion roaring about. Like he's not a lion, he's just roaring. Plenty of noise. You know, lion is the animal that makes the most noise. Plenty of noise. There's a version that says, Give him a new name. Which version is that? There's a particular version that says, Give Pharaoh a new name. Good news. <laughs> Can I hear that, please? Yes. Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah 46, verse what? Verse 17. Give the king of Egypt a new name. Noisy braggart. Who missed his chance? Oh, hallelujah. He missed his chance at the cross of Calvary. Will you give him a new name? See, these are some of the scriptures that when you arm yourself with that, you will be quenching the fear of that. If he, if he, if he shot an arrow of sickness on your body, any kind of arrow, you just say, ah, which kind of noise is this one? Noisy braggart, you don't come again. You have missed your chance at Calvary. What are you doing in my body again? Get out from this place. I don't know whether you are getting what I'm talking about. You, you need to settle your heart with, you know, thorough knowledge and timely application. That's how we quench. We quench the arrows of temptation. We quench persecution. We quench the arrows of sickness, arrows of discouragement. See, you must rise to a point where you cannot be discouraged. If one door closes, you force the second door open. You cannot be discouraged by any situation around your life. Never. Why and how? You have armed yourself with the scripture that Jesus has taken away every discouragement around your life. Somebody who has brought you know, victory for your life. What are you discouraged about? He has given you victory already. He has finished the work. Hallelujah. So, you must have that thorough knowledge and timely application. In Colossians 1 verse 13, the Bible says, He has delivered us from the, from the kingdom of darkness. He has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and He has translated, translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. One other way of, you know, practical way of taking up the shield of faith is by resisting the devil. Resisting the devil, standing on your faith. That is what First uh, Peter chapter 5 verse 8 showed us. I don't think the, the devil likes today. doesn't like today's message at all. He's just regretting how he missed his chance at Calvary. And we are exposing him here. Look at First Peter chapter 5 verse 8 and verse 9. He said, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Let me hear it from um, NIV. Colossians, um, 
First Peter, okay? First Peter chapter five five eight. Okay. Verse five nine. Let me read nine now. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith. Resist him. Why you are what? Why you are standing firm in the faith? Remember that faith is believing the word of God, confessing the word of God, and acting the word of God. Resist him. Whenever you see his arrow coming, don't close your mouth. Resist him. Be active. That's why he's taking up. You don't allow the devil. See, sometimes when you, you know, some of, some of us, when you have some dreams, you wake up, it becomes a matter to you. Dreams should not be a matter to you as a Christian. What I mean is that if you see, maybe you felt that an arrow was shot at you in the dream, or maybe anything like that. When you wake up, you know what I normally tell them sometimes is, I don't know a strong man that is going around in the dream making noise. If you think you are strong, come physically. Are, are you getting me? For the fact that you are going around in the dream making noise shows that you are, you are shy, you are intimidated. Come physically, make me see. Taking up the shield of faith. Quench it. Quench it. You don't allow it. I have seen several, you know, strange things, you know, occurring. I have seen sometimes strange things will just happen, occur in my body or, you know, when I see that, I, I just laugh. I say, this one, you, 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 the noise bragger has come again. You just quench it. If it is a, a, a doubt that the devil is trying to introduce in your heart, a discord, any kind of arrow, you must learn to, you know, by the reason of the word of God, standing on the word of God, and then resist the, the devil. If you don't know how to resist the devil, say, Satan, I resist you. I had an experience. Let me just conclude with that uh, story. On one occasion, you know, the devil shot an arrow of sickness at me. Initially, I didn't know it was an, an arrow of sickness throughout that week I was very busy and during the weekend I, I, I preached throughout the weekend from Thursday to Sunday in fact the last message I couldn't preach I couldn't preach the last message well the way I wanted to in fact I couldn't have preached the last message because you know, as of that time, my whole body and everything is just saying, Don't go, you are this one, you are sick. I, I know the devil is lying. My head was shaking at everywhere. So, as I was lying down, and the time for me to go to the pulpit was reaching, I had my head was doing like this. Boom. I had the, the voice of the devil he came and said, Can't you tell them, tell them to, to play a message you have, you have uh, preached before? You can see that you cannot preach now. I said, no, that I cannot tell them that. 
because if I tell them to play the message that I have played before, what will I tell them is the reason why I can't I couldn't come to the pulpit. I'm not I'm not sick, I'm okay. So I have to carry myself, get to the pulpit and preach. They didn't know what what was going on, the lies the devil was telling, you know, inside. But it's an arrow. I didn't know. I thought it's a stress. So when I came back home, I I I, I went to school. I was I was in school on Monday and I was in school on Tuesday. On Wednesday, this the thing continued. So it was you know I think Wednesday, Thursday, yes, it was on Thursday. Of the thing continued, but I refused to yield, I refused to accept it. I was somewhere at home. I just went home and I was like, let me rest. And this thing was increasing. And at a time, I felt, you know, I should go to the toilet. And at the same time, I felt I should vomit. At the same time. So I, I didn't know which one to choose. Whether to start. So I said, okay. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to, I, decla- I, I said, I'm not going to vomit because it's sick people that vomit. But going to the toilet, healthy people go to the toilet. So I say, because I'm not sick, I'm not going to vomit. But I'm healthy. Let me choose going to the toilet. So when I, I went to the toilet, I was speaking in tongues. I said, no way. I cannot vomit. I'm not sick. I'm healed by his stripes and all of that. Then, you know, it was as if heat was, my body was full of heat. Then I removed my clothes. And when I had the voice of the Holy Spirit, he said to me, Put on your cloth now because the, the next thing that will happen to you, the kind of cold that is coming now, you know, if it comes to you without cloth, you wouldn't know where you are going to find. So, as soon as I hear that expo, sometimes it gives you expo from the Holy Ghost, I put on my cloth. The moment I finish putting my, my cloth, come and see this kind of cold came around. Then, when the cold came, I now heard the voice of the Spirit saying, This is Satan. That was what I heard. Initially, I was thinking, this is stress. I, be, I, I was thinking, I, I have stressed myself and all of, And he himself was also telling me, you know, you have stressed yourself. This is it, you know. The moment I, I said, eh. So, Satan, now you? Oh, my God. The moment I heard that, the matter is finished. If it is Satan, the matter is finished. A noisy braggart that has what? Missed his chance. I stood up. I stood the moment I noticed that this is an arrow. I said, it can never be on me. I, that arrow was quenched that moment. I was speaking in tongues. I was walking. You know, he's not, he's not the only one that knows how to walk to and fro. I also know how to walk to and fro, speaking in tongues, quenching his... I quenched it there. And that was the end of that. That was that moment it ended. The Bible says, taking up the shield of faith, with whom, with which we quench every arrow, flaming arrow of the devil. This arrow is a continuous arrow. He kept on looking at what, which one will I? Let me tell you, whether you are a great man of God or a small man of God, as you are seeing yourself, that's not the matter. Elijah was a great man of God. After doing great things, an arrow of discouragement and despair was shot at him. And he got him. So, is, your, your shield must be up against discouragement. And let me warn, 
it, the devil does not come before I close. He does not only come in your mind talking to you like if. No. He can come through somebody to do something around your life that will cause you to get discouraged. It may even be the close, closest person to you. It may even be the person you are regarding as, as a, a wonderful person or even a, a Christian, a believer. Can you imagine how Jesus would have been discouraged by Satan's, uh, by Peter's de- denier? You remember Peter's denier? A close friend. You know, swearing that he, he doesn't know you. If not that Jesus, you know, is, is faith himself, you are going to become faith yourself today. Because that is how we will overcome and continue to overcome and overcome until we, 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 we finally end. The Bible says, Satan will come and cast some of you into prison. Satan will try some of you. He will kill some of you. But be faithful unto death. Looking unto Jesus. I say to you, you can be faithful unto death. Looking unto Jesus. Because people that we are faithful unto death, looking unto him, they were are, they are not angels. They were not angels. They are human beings like us. And because they have passed through that way, we are passing through the same way and we will overcome. Rise on your feet and let us pray. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching us to all, looking on to Jesus, who is gone before, Christ the royal master, Lisa.
time for prayer now. Can you begin to talk to the Lord? It's just time to, to, for you to pray. No more, no more, no more with the arrow of the enemy. You know, get at my life. The overcoming power of faith is found in the shield of faith. Taking up the shield of faith. Taking up the shield of faith. Taking up the shield of Taking up the shield of weight with which we quench, we are not afraid of his hearing that. We quench it. We quench it from anywhere it comes. We refuse to be discouraged. We refuse to be discouraged. We cannot be despair. We quench the arrow of discouragement. We quench the arrow of doubt. We will not doubt the word of God. I will not doubt the word of God. I will not be afraid of anything. The Lord is my helper. I shall not fear what man shall do to me. Even an arrow of death. I didn't mention the arrow of death. The devil can send it. We quench that arrow of death. We, we stop it. Whether he comes in the dribble or he comes in the physical or he comes through people, we quench the fear that of the enemy. Our master has overcome. He said, I have overcome the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world.
Now listen, 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 listen. You know, there is something that one mistake we are making that I want us to correct today. That is the mistake of thinking that your faith is small. Your faith is not small. When the disciples say increase our faith, Jesus said there's nothing like increasing your faith. Faith has an object and God is the object. God is the object. If you can look unto God, can you read in the scripture what God has done? He prayed, he, 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 the Red Sea was standing before the children of Israel. He opened the Red Sea. Can you read of what he has done in the scripture? What is the impossible thing that God has not done? Both in the scripture and in the contemporary. Can you say, God, from today, my faith is not small. I put my faith in you. My, you, are the, you, are the, you are the source of my faith. You are the anchor of my faith. My faith is not in myself. My faith is not in my strength. I am looking unto Jesus. My faith is in the word of God. I will believe your word as it is. I refuse to see any man's faith greater than my own. My faith is greater, greatest because the object of my faith is the greatest God. The object of my faith is the greatest God. So my faith is greatest. I don't have a small faith. My faith is on the Lord. I fix my gaze on the Lord. Your faith is not small. Your faith is towering. Because you have a towering God. He's anchored on God. God is the source. God is the source. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now I want you to take a prayer point on the the word of God. A thorough knowledge of the word of God, especially as it's concerned the finished work of Christ on the cross. We saw how the old man was crucified. We saw how the, the word was crucified. We saw how even Satan has been disarmed by the cross. There are several other scriptures like that. I want you to take a responsibility before God that you will stash them out and you will, be, you will believe them and, and live and live according to them. And, and take them up at every point in time. Take a, a pledge before God that you will not be lazy in, in, in searching out the finish, the, the, the scriptures that are dealing with the finished work of Christ. So that you can anchor your faith on the cross. On the finished work of the, of the cross. We are not afraid of Satan. He has been disarmed. Hey. The Bible says he has missed his chance. He missed his chance at the cross. He missed his, his chance at, the, at, the, at Calvary. Jeremiah 46, 17. 
synonymous with Colossians 2.15. He has been disarmed. Take a responsibility that you will particularly search out the word of God that has given us a shield against the, the, the flesh, the arrows of temptation, the arrows of persecution. There are scriptures that you must daily arm yourself with to be able to, you know, shield yourself from every arrow of the wicked. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Finally, for tonight, I would like you to take a stand now. The Bible says, resist him. Resist him. Standing in firm in your faith. Standing in the word of God. Standing on your faith in God. Resist him. Standing firm. I want you to rise up now and begin to resist Satan in every area of your life. He has been, you know, showcasing, manifesting in your family, in your life, in your health, in your, in your, in, 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 in any aspect that is taking advantage of, of you in any way. Begin to resist him. The Bible says, resist him. Lebo shandaraba sandaraba shanda. In the name of Jesus, I resist you. Satan, you are resisted. Standing on my faith, standing on the word of God, believing the word of God. Based on the word of God, that you have been disarmed. You are a noisy braggart. You have lost your power. You have lost your, 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 your chance. You have missed your time. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Lift up, lift up your two hands. Father, tonight I pray that you will cause every one of us. That I've heard your word tonight, Lord, that this word, you will increase it in our life. You will cause this word to have an increase in our life. And you will help us to live according to it. The grace to do the word, especially in the practical aspect of taking up the, the shield of faith. Lord, we receive it for everyone that has, you know, been part of this message tonight. And even those that will listen to it later, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. And blessed be your name. Thank you because you have made us an overcomer. We are not afraid of anything. We are not afraid of Satan. Because he has missed his chance. He is only a noise. He has been disarmed at the cross. The word of God is truth. The word of God does not tell lie. Thank you because of what you did at the cross. You disarmed principalities. You disarm powers. We are victorious and we are more than conquerors. We cannot be, you know, overcome by, by, by anything. 
Paul said, nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. Persecution cannot. Temptation cannot. Discouragement cannot. Despair cannot. None of them will ever touch us. Onward Christian soldiers, we are marching on. Looking unto Jesus, who is gone before. No discouragement, no despair in life. We continue to move forward. We continue to conquer lands and sea for Christ. We continue to advance his kingdom. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Tonight, it was brought to you by Calvary We Revival Lagos in Nugu, Nigeria. As we usually say and do, please, we are very much interested in your questions, your testimonies, and comments. If you have any of the above, please send them to our email, and the address is at calvaryweirevivalagos at gmail.com. I repeat, calvaryweirevivalagos at gmail.com. Further information on our programs and our messages, which will be of great blessing to you, please do all to visit our website, www.calvarywayonline.org. That is www.calvarywayonline.org. You could also like our Facebook or Telegram pages, which is at Calvary Way Revival Labels. That is Calvary Way Revival Labels. We'll be back same time next week on the same channel until then. Endeavor to put into practice the word that you have heard today. May the Almighty God preserve and keep you in these evil days. Amen. God bless you and good night.